Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. It is Tuesday, the 18th of May. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Uh, happy Tuesday to you all here in Southern California. It is CIF uh, League Swimming Prelims, and so most of the leagues are doing their preliminary races today. That will set up the seating for finals that will be on Thursday and Friday, depending on the league that your swimmer swims in. So uh, as a swim coach, I'm prepping for that and getting ready. We race today, and then the finals will be on Thursday. Um, and then CIF is the following week. CIF, for those of you who, who don't know, because a lot of states just go straight into state championships. Excuse me. California, because of their massive population for years, didn't have state championships. What they had was CIF championships. So this, you, know, you would have a California Interscholastic Federation divisions within the state. And so you would win your your little chunk. And very often, like the division that we're in, which is CIF Southern Section, includes all of Los Angeles, Orange County, San Bernardino, Riverside counties. Um, our population is that, you know, bigger than than almost every state. I mean, you know, not Texas and not New York, but I mean, but but we're a massive number of people live in that area. And so winning CIF is like winning state. Now, that said, in 2015, California said, OK. What we'll do is we'll take a limited number of people from each CIF division. We'll take the, the, the top competitors based on times, and we will bring them to a single place sort of in the middle of the state and have a state championship. And so they started doing a state championship again, and they had not done one for, for multiple decades. Uh, and so in 2015, they did that. And, uh, and they did it right up until last year. So they did it for four years, 15, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. And then in 2020, nothing happened because, you know, it was 2020. And then this year, they're still not going to do a state championship. So they're going to go back to just using the CIF. Maybe next year we'll have a state championship again. We'll see how things go. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is, but we're working on our league final, so it's a big day for a lot of swimmers. They're um, prepping and, and trying to qualify for that CIF championship because you have to have uh, certain time standards to do it. So, um, And some swimmers have those time standards already during the season, but a lot of times they save that up and you know, you're doing it at your league finals, having your best swims. So we keep our fingers crossed and hope that the team um, uh, does well and can get there. Um, so good luck to all the competitors out there. So we had a trivia question. Who created the first movie studios? Where was the first movie studio created or who created it? It was Thomas Edison. Thomas Alva Edison was the first movie studio mogul. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, not, not terribly surprising at the time because he was instrumental in the development of moving pictures. And so... Uh, yeah, he did that. He in, in his uh, sort of machine shop, oh, mag, oh, magic, right? They did a lot of inventing there, and he brought a lot of people together to to solve problems. In and uh, you know, it's funny because we think of him as an inventor, but he was really kind of an engineer. He was a problem solver, and he brought together lots of other guys like minded to solve the problems. Uh, and his approach was that way. It wasn't so much as an inventor with the you know, excuse the pun, but a light bulb going off and having wondrous things. But it was like, here's a problem. Let's 
let's methodically go through and try to solve it and figure out what's the the right way to do this. And uh, like when they were creating a functional uh, light bulb, they were testing just lots and lots and lots of different types of um, elements that they would use, different materials for the for the filament inside the light bulb that wouldn't burn out right away. They wanted a filament that would last a longer time when you ran electricity through it. And so they just started testing different materials and just went through and went through and went through. Um, and they decided inside of a bulb that uh, is a vacuum, a tungsten filament would last a long time. And so that's where uh, their initial bulbs were from. Of course, those have been refined and largely replaced by LEDs now. Um, but, uh, you know, the um, uh, light bulb came out of that effort. So yay to Thomas Edison for doing that for us. Um, another thing that's going on in the sporting world is um, uh, playoff time. Hockey playoffs are ongoing, and uh, although I'm not a hockey fan, I am, uh, you know, peripherally aware of what's going on in in the hockey world, and that they they always start playoffs about the same time as the um, as the uh, NBA. And I am an NBA fan, so I, I you know I know that that hockey playoffs are going on about the same time. So, uh, you know, I keep an eye on what's happening there, uh, especially once it gets down to the finals. Like basketball, they, there's uh, quite a few teams that make the playoffs, and so it takes a while to work your way down to the, uh, to the eventual. Here's Aaron. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. I don't hear you. Our Skype is not co connecting. It's funny because I answered the call, but it, I can see my little countdown clock is not counting. So I don't know if Erin can hear me. Maybe she'll uh, uh, hang up and try to reconnect if it doesn't eventually connect for her. So um, I was talking about um, uh, hockey. And like I said, I'm more of a, uh, a basketball a basketball kind of guy. And... Uh, And in, anyway, the uh, the basketball playoffs uh, are getting ready to start this year. We're going to have a, uh, a play-in. Here she is. Hello. Hello. Ah, this time that you're there. So, um, yeah, I was just uh, talking about, you know, at the end of the year, uh, I, I talked a little bit about, the, about swim season, but at the end of the year I got um, uh, the – Hockey playoffs have started alongside the NBA playoffs, which are starting tonight. And uh, although I'm not a hockey fan every year because they start at the same time, I'm peripherally aware of of uh, hockey, you know, because it's they're ongoing. And so, you know, I, I don't really pay any attention until they get down to like the Stanley Cup finals, and then I kind of pay attention. But even then, I'm not a huge fan of the sport, so I don't don't watch uh, too closely. But uh, tonight, NBA is doing something that they did during last year's lockdown season, but they hadn't done previously. Uh, but they've decided to keep it. And that's something called a play-in tournament. And so uh, normally they take the top eight teams in the East and the top eight teams in the West, and that's who's in the finals. This year, if you are seventh or eighth place, you have to play each other. So seventh and eighth place have to play each other. And the winner gets the eight, the seventh place spot. The loser 
then plays a game against the winner of a game for the teams who were in ninth or tenth place, and the winner of the uh, of the game between the between the the loser of the seventh eighth team game and the ninth tenth game play for the eighth place position. So theoretically, you could still get the seventh place team and the eighth place team in the finals, but it gives a chance to the ninth and tenth place team. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's funny because a lot of the more prominent um, uh, basketball players in the league had said, you know, that was a good thing last year because it gave more teams a chance, you know, in, in a in a really weird year. But this year, some of those players are now in the play-in tournament and have vocally said, "We think this is a bad idea." I personally, <laughs> yeah, no surprise, right? <laughs> I think it's a great yeah. idea because what it did was that the teams that were playing in those 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th place, and really it was like 5th, 6th, all the way to 10th and 11th, 12th place, their games meant something right up to the end because if you got into one of those places, then you still had a shot, right? You still had a shot. And, and there's some prominent teams in there. Boston is hosting Washington tonight at 6 p.m. because Boston was in the 7th place spot and Washington was in the 8th place spot. And so, you know, Boston's a historic team. They still have a shot to get into it. Um, the ninth and 10th place teams in the East were uh, Charlotte and Indiana, and they're playing later or earlier today at 3.30. And so um, the loser of the 6 o'clock game will play the winner of the 3.30 game, and the winner of the 6 o'clock game is automatically in. Um, and then tomorrow they'll do the exact same thing for the West. And the Lakers are the seventh place team, and they'll be playing the Golden State Warriors. So um, that'll be interesting. So, so I mean, the, the the whole goal of the league is to get eyeballs watching the game. Exactly. And this creates, you know, creates higher stakes. And so, you know, it does. Otherwise, at the end, why would you watch those games? Because there's nothing's going to happen with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who cares so about what the tenth place more... team is doing, right? Exactly. So this creates more. This creates higher stakes. And makes it more intriguing, and we'll get more eyeballs watching the watching the games. Yeah, I think it was a really good move. And there's some saying, well, maybe we'll do an, a, a play-in with just the eighth-place team next year or something. But I actually like it. I'd leave it the way it is. I think it's great. Seventh and eighth-place. That also incentivizes you, if you're looking like you're in seventh or eighth-place, to win some games and try to get into sixth-place so you don't have to do the play-in tournament. Um, yep. It just keeps the level and quality of the gameplay up higher than it otherwise would. I saw something funny, though. For the games today, there are tickets available. And on the ESPN website, you can see that the Indiana-Charlotte game, tickets are available as low as $23. Now, these are not tickets sitting on courtside, obviously, but $23. The Boston-Washington game, as you would think, if it's at Boston, Boston's historic. It's going to be more expensive. It's $82. Available starting from $82. The San Antonio-Memphis game, it's in Memphis, um, you know, San Antonio's had a, a storied past. Memphis, not so much, but maybe it's exciting. Theirs are $98, starting at $98. Wow. Golden State at Los Angeles. Tomorrow night, tickets are starting at $241. $250. Oh, I was close. You were so was close. close. So close. $241. <laughs> yeah, you can keep 9 bucks in your pocket. Wow. And maybe you could buy a beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe for 9 bucks. That's about right. <laughs> Yeah. They probably wow. won't sell you one because then you'd have to take your mask off, right? See, there you go. 
Yeah. So I keep hearing these stories about people who've been vaccinated um, and then tested. They test positive for COVID, but most of them are asymptomatic or if they do have symptoms. Yeah. It's like they're so mild that had they not been tested, they wouldn't have recognized it as anything more than maybe a mild cold. Right. Well, that's kind of what so, happened with the Yankees. That was big news. There was like eight people in the Yankees organization that tested positive and they were all fully vaccinated. Well, seven of the eight were asymptomatic. And the one that did have symptoms were mild symptoms that cleared up within a day. Um, yeah. So that know. makes me think that these vaccines work. Yeah. The vaccines are, are clearly doing their thing, right? Um, yeah. And so that's good news. That's really good news. It is a little disconcerting that, you know, like I said, if you're a professional athlete and they're testing you, you know, every time you get ready to go out and play that you're going to know that. But most of us who've gotten vaccinated aren't going to test. And we pointed out yesterday, I don't even know where I could get tested right now. I guess I'd have to go see if I could do it at the drugstore or something because a lot of the testing centers have shut down. Um, so, you know, like if I thought maybe I had got been exposed and, and, and could have gotten it, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I would even know, which is a little scary because that means that if I then am around people who are not vaccinated, I could be spreading it without knowing. All the more reason, I guess, to tell people to go get vaccinated, right? Yeah, and, and I guess, problem. you know, I hope that um, that they don't say, okay, well, then you all who have been vaccinated still need to wear masks. And my attitude, I'm not wearing a mask when it's 100 degrees outside. I'm just not. Yeah. And, you know, if 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 you've made the choice to not vaccinate for whatever reason, that's your choice. It's your responsibility to get yourself an N95 mask. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. Well, I'm coaching at a swim meet today, you know, the prelims and finals that I talked about earlier. And uh, it's an outdoor event at a pool. And we're told that everybody on campus has to wear a mask. And now today it's going to be, you know, make I think the high is supposed to be 71. So it's not going to be a warm day. So it'll probably feel good to have my face covered up. But, um, but you know, I'm sitting outside. It's like, why put this thing on my face and constrain my breathing and have, have me breathing my own hot breath in my face? Uh, and exactly. fogging my glasses, that's the worst thing, is I'm sitting there trying to read, you know, like the schedule of who's up next and what, what place they're seated in and things like that. And every time I exhale, I, you know, it's, I have to, like, adjust my glasses so that my 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 vision doesn't just go out. <laughs> I'm, I'm living in, in a virtual whiteout all the time, it feels like. Yes. Because I've got hot, yes. steamy breath. You know, and as far as, you know, if you feel like you've been exposed, would you get, you know, would you get a test? I mean, I suppose if you got really sick, but mm -hmm. otherwise you'd think, eh, you know, I'll yeah. have some chicken soup and go to bed and yeah. be fine when I get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in retrospect, too, though, you're going to be around a lot of high school kids and not all of them have been vaccinated of course kids usually if they do get it have mild really mild ones but you know um they just recently opened it up to 16 and above so i'm sure i know that there are kids on my team that have gotten vaccinated but i also know that you know there are some who have not and i'm sure on the other teams as well so um so yeah you know i'm not trying to be callous or uncaring about those around me uh, my feeling is is that you know to avoid somebody getting upset about it it's not that big a deal for me to wear it although i will say it's it's a little uncomfortable for wearing it for long periods of time you know being on the deck for three or four yeah, hours yeah i don't work around kids yeah. so you know, you know um, the biggest uh, discomfort was wearing it on the airplane but i kept it on yes and that and that discomfort was only after i had lugged 70 pounds of luggage up onto the airplane you know in two separate bags um uh and then sat down i'm sitting there going Ugh. you know 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I'm around parents, because we've been, been, been doing everything online, if I'm around parents and little kids, I'm outside and not, I'm not right next to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I get why you, why you, why you wear one. I just, right. you know, I, I, at some point, the people who have, the adults who have made the decision not to vaccinate, it's, you know, it's a free country. They can do what they want. But the flip side of that is that I shouldn't be forced to wear a mask because you've decided not to vaccinate yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's that's my feeling. You do you and right. I'll do me. That was the you know. that was always the thing with smoking, right? It's like you're an adult. If you want to smoke, that's fine. Just don't be blowing it in my face. Right. right. You know, when you're, right. when you're when you're interrupting my meal, now you you've gone too far. But you can right. do whatever you want as long as you're not bothering other people. Exactly. 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 That's kind of I'm libertarian about that. Right. Yeah. You know? there's, there's and I don't a, need some Karen in my face. Yeah. There's a sportscaster <laughs> who says, you know, you're right. You're right to swing your arms end at my nose. Right. You, you, you can yeah, throw, exactly. throw punches in the wind all you want. But, you know, you, you can't do it when, when it actually like touches my world. Yes. You know, and that's just Precisely. I think boils down to just some basic, you know, respect for others around you. Right. And it's not the you've got to earn respect type of, you know, respect. It's just kindness. Be kind. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, man. So um, <laughs> our uh, I, I, I said it real quick when I first started up the podcast because I, I, we forgot a couple times. But the trivia question was, uh, yeah, what incentive is that? Tell somebody a trivia question, then forget to give them the answer. And they go, like, man, I got ripped off. So, um the question was, who started the first movie studio? Any guesses? Um, I, Golden, Goldwyn or Mayer, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I would go that way, too. But when you hear the answer, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's Thomas okay, Edison. Okay, who is it? Thomas Edison. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and you go like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, Edison Studios wasn't a, uh, you know, MGM or something like that, right? But uh, um, but yes. but it makes perfect sense that you know he would go oh yeah I'll make it and I'm sure the studio the the films he put out were not probably largely produced movies and stuff they were you know of the train going by and of people walking in the fields because they were you know it was experimental and he just wanted to show off the technology artists came along later and said look what we could do with this we can tell stories right yeah and. and Stories they tell. Stories they tell. Hey, you've been watching um, um, the uh, HBO show um, um, Mayor of Easttown, right? Okay, I haven't watched the last episode, the okay. most recent episodes. So, because I was gone last week, and it, yeah. So don't me too. tell me, please. Me too. Don't, no spoilers. Yesterday, whilst I was busy busily working on uh, lineups and stuff, I caught up on that. So I'm not going to give you any spoilers, no, 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 but no, it's no. really good. No, 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 yeah, don't. Give it's me just really cause... good. The show is good, and it gets more good. It gets gooder. It is really good. Yeah. It gets. It gets. Okay, so I'll watch it tonight, yeah. and um, and then we can talk about it tomorrow because okay. I, I saw a headline. I'm like, oh. I don't want to read it. Oh, anymore. don't you hate that? So, yeah. Yes. It was funny. I was flipping through something yesterday, and the other thing that I've been watching um, also on HBO uh, is The Nevers. And it's sort of a um, imagine like X Men meets Sherlock Holmes in 1890. 
kind of, or, you know, 1910, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, and that's kind of how I would, you know, the one sentence description. It also got really good, but it was like, I was reading, I was, you know, just doing other stuff and I have, and a headline just happened to pop up or, you know, as I was scrolling around a page and it said, you know, something along the lines of latest nevers throws those of you for quite a loop or something like that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and, and as, yes. it, as it turns out, I didn't watch last week or this week's. And so I had, and it, and it was the season enders. So of course there was like interesting stuff happening. I enjoy that show a lot. Um, and yes, it, it has a weird twist to it. So, um, for those of you who are fans of the nevers, if you haven't watched it, uh, set aside some time, watch the, the season ending. Cause it's both parts, part one and part two. It is intriguing. One of them literally begins with none of the characters, you know, and you're like, what, what is this? Did they load up the wrong show? What's going on? This is what? You know, and instead of being set in like, you know, 1890, 1910, it's like you're watching some show that's a sci-fi show from set in like 2255 or something. You know, And you're like, what? What happened? Uh, just pay attention. It all ties together. It all ties together. So Tobin likes that show. I got yeah. annoyed because it's like how many times, how many different ways can they tell this mutant story? Right. You know, because it's always the same story. It drives it really me is. insane. It's very much the 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 x-men type of mutant story right yes where they're all yes. sort of they were all sort of affected by these weird little like glowy spores that came from the sky right but some people it does nothing to and other people it gives them magical powers yes it's so exciting yeah <laughs> and i'm like i don't care <laughs> yeah i don't care so you know that's 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 not my cup of tea. He's loved right. it though. Tobin has loved it. Yeah, I I've enjoyed it a lot, and it's it's um, you know, you just kind of accept whatever the setting or premise is, but then you you get into well the storytelling and the acting, and they've done an excellent job there. So that that I've enjoyed, um, and the sort of steampunkness of the of the time frame is fun. But uh, hmm. so I enjoy that, and I'm and I'm really enjoying Mayor of Easttown as well. So. Um, but they're not at their season ender with Mayor of Easttown, so um, at least I don't think they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Could be. Well, not going to tell me. No, no, no. La, 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 la. I am not yeah. listening. Yeah. Yeah. But just some excellent, you know, HBO's doing a really good job. You know, for a while it seemed like they were kind of um, post Game of Thrones. I felt like they were sort of drifting aimlessly trying to figure out, like, well, what's the next show that we're going to do that's going to be interesting and good? And I thought that, you know, uh, Disney and Netflix and Hulu and Apple were all kind of eating their lunch a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you watch these two shows, if you find either of them appealing, um, HBO is back, baby, because these are good, it, good stories. Yeah, they 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 are they are very, very good at storytelling. Yeah, very, very good. So Tobin's been rewatching Game of Thrones and like I I'll. Too. I'll wander in and out as he's watching and you know it's been a while since i watched him so i you know my my sense of the timing of everything like right. things that are happening at the same time is is a little distorted so i've um, noticed that too watching it you're like oh okay i remember that but i didn't think i thought that happened later you know or things right. are happening it, in a season like i think i'm on season three now or something and i'm and I, you know i haven't looked at it in a week because i've been gone but it was it was um it's nice because, you know, you sort of remember the story. So you're not compelled to, like, stay up with it, right? But it's like, 
Oh, I thought that happened in season five or six, and it's happening now in three. What? What? Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's a. Uh, he's. Uh, I think maybe it's season three that he's on with the with the with all the Boltons and, you know, Ramsey and his devilish ways and right. and i i remember how revolting i found all of that and having a hard time watching yeah. ramsey yeah he's sort of where is. i am too i think ramsey just kind of came into the uh story as i was last looking yes. at it and, and he he's like in yeah torturing he's and just teasing met his, sansa yeah oh he met sansa i wasn't even quite that far he was just starting to torture and tease um ricketts who was uh um Right, he calls him Ricketts at one point, but he was uh, previously, um, oh shoot, the guy who took over uh, Winterfell, yes. um, who was his uh, award of Winterfell at one point in time. Yes, I yeah. don't think it's Ricketts that they call calls him. Oh, maybe um, I got it wrong. Uh, when I was in high second, school, we'll... that was that was the nickname of one of the guys on the team. High school guys are cruel. Did, did he have bowed legs? I don't remember. I don't know. You You're know. like I don't know. Yeah. High school guys are cruel. Yeah. Kids are cruel. Kids are yeah. just cruel. The um, you know, there are some movies when they tell the story out of time sequence, and it's funny because I remember going back and watching them later, and and being shocked because my memory had put them all in the right order, and so when I sat down to watch it, hadn't watched um, uh, movies in a while. It was like, oh, this is okay, not in the order I thought it was. <laughs> The uh, the um, the actor the the character is uh, Theon Greyjoy. Right. Al Alfie Allen is the actor. Excellent and, job um, of playing that, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it, it looks it, like his sister is Lily Allen, the singer songwriter. Oh, interesting. That's that's who played. Yeah, it. I did not know that. Uh huh. I did not know that. Not that I'm really into pop music, but I have heard of it, Lily Allen. So, uh -huh. anywho. Theon Greyjoy. That's who you're talking about. Right, yeah. The character is Theon Greyjoy, and he um, he uh, ends up being the um, the foil, for actually for a large part of it, but it's kind of a tragic story, right? Yes. Tragedy. So, I'm looking at at Lily Allen's webpage, and it doesn't look like her. Um, I'm wondering if it's another Lily Allen, or maybe I'm trying to scroll down and see if she like was in, in that. You know, they talk about her music, they don't talk about any. Actor. No, that's definitely her. Yeah, 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 Lily Allen. Filmography, yeah, she's in filmography. She's in stuff. Uh, although they don't list that, huh? I don't know. Anyway, cool. Um, I, I was totally unaware. I was unaware of who she is, even looking at her Wikipedia page. I don't think I could name a song that I've ever heard or that she's done. So, uh, you know, again, if she's like a pop singer, that probably explains it. She <laughs> is. Like, she's I'm an going English, like, eh. obviously, English pop singer. Yeah. You go, like, eh. okay. So the Pentagon is preparing to declassify a UFO report. Yeah, they've been doing that on and off over the last few years. So they're acknowledging that, yes, we have investigated these things. And no, we don't always know what they are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, apparently this uh, the COVID relief bill contained a June deadline, which is 
just interesting how you know what's it doing in a covid relief bill is the question exactly exactly so um ufos are definitely real according to numerous military pilots who have seen flying objects they couldn't identify Mm -hmm. and a strange and as a strange side effect of the covid crisis we may learn soon learn about how much the military knows so um this is from the trump administration's 2.3 trillion dollar COVID relief bill in December that gave this June deadline. So um, the the New Yorker staff writer Gideon Lewis Krauss, who has extensively researched UFOs, um, tells CNN, well, it's not clear what to expect. Sources have told him that major revelations are unlikely. He notes that the government takes a strict diagnostic approach to things it can't identify in U.S. airspace. And the report won't reveal that we've been in touch with some galactic committee for decades. So there's not right. going to be that kind of <laughs> It's not going to be like Fourth of July, Independence Day movie, right, where we find out that there's yes. some, some think tank somewhere that's been communing with an alien for, for years. And that's how we figured out, you know, to build the stealth fighter. Sorry, guys, we figured that one out all on our own. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. It's uh, what they say, the taboo around UFOs. So in a piece published in The New Yorker this month, Lewis Krauss looks at how lawmakers and military officials got past the fear of ridicule and started taking those UFOs uh, seriously. Um, uh, And the Pentagon calls them UAP. I, yeah. So how they, they, they. Your acronym is not good enough for us. We want our own acronym. Because we're the military and we can Mm -hmm. So um, Lou Elizonda, a former chief uh, of a Pentagon program uh, to investigate UFOs or UAPs, uh, on Sunday told 60 Minutes that there is no doubt that Navy pilots, what they've been seeing is real and there's not always a simple explanation. We're going through mm-hmm. our due diligence. It is some sort of new type of cruise missile technology that China has developed. Is it some sort of high altitude balloon that's conducting reconnaissance? Ultimately, when you've exhausted all those ifs and you're left with the fact that this is our in our airspace and it's real, that's when it becomes compelling. And he's talking about, right. you know, UFOs. Um, Marco Rubio says uh, this is an issue that needs to be take serious, taken seriously. I mean, some of my, this is a quote, some of my colleagues are very interested in this topic and some kind of, you know, giggle when you bring it up. But I don't think we can allow the stigma to keep us from having an answer to a very fundamental question. So I agree. So, yeah. What the heck is going on, and why is it classified? Yeah, you know, um, well, I mean, mostly because they don't want to start hysteria. Because when they come back and say, "We don't know," <laughs> they don't they don't want people freaking out. Um, you know, it's obviously. I mean, it's you know, they still sleep at night, so it can't be that horrible. Um, but uh, you know, I mean. It's something of a similar affiliated thing is uh, the Air Force has announced that they are starting some testing of what they're calling a air-launched rapid response weapon, or ARRW, arrow, get it? Um, and it is a hypersonic missile, and they will launch it from uh, a, a, a drop from an airplane. But apparently the Army already has some hypersonic missiles with like 1,700-mile ranges, and these things fly at 17 times the speed of sound, so fast that they're, they're going faster than a bullet. Nothing, you, we can't, you, they're almost impossible to shoot down unless you can somehow get in front of them. 
And if they're testing these kinds of things and they're announcing it, you know they were testing these kind of things before they announced it. And so, But they're not going to admit to what it is. And in fact, probably even within the Air Force and the Army and the Navy, there are only a few people who would know what it is. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, they're saying something like, get this, a Mach 20 device. So that's 20 times the speed of sound. These things wow. are, are zipping through space. Um, and, and if we've got, you know, 1700 mile range, we can set them in Europe and they can hit, hit, uh, Moscow. Um, you know, so they're, they're now the U S builds them, you know, I mean, they say they're building them as defensive weapons, not offensive weapons. So they're just there to be a deterrent saying, don't you try to do anything to us because we've got these things that can, that can get you and you can't stop us. So don't, don't do it because we'll hit back and we'll hit back hard. Right. That's the, the theory is, and the hope is that you never have to use these things. But um, but these fly at a very low altitude compared to like a an ICBM, right? ICBMs, inter intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, which both us and the Russians and the Chinese have, go basically up to space and then drop back down essentially vertically. These fly along the surface of the Earth at just in such incredibly high speeds that by the time you see it, it's already gone and, and you can't shoot it down. Wow. So, um, you know, interesting idea, but it also makes you think that, you know, maybe some of that kind of testing is going on. And, you know, if they know that it has a 1700 mile range, that means it's flying a long way. Um, you know, somebody, uh, somebody could very possibly see something moving faster than anything I've ever seen before. There's no way, in, you know, and, and maybe that's what it is, you know, and if they, they ask about it and the military goes, uh, yeah, we don't know what that is, you know, meaning don't ask us questions because. We were doing a test that nobody's supposed to know about. So you never know. So could be, you know, it's all I'm saying. You know, what if it's, I've had this theory, you're going to think I'm crazy, but like, and, and what we're seeing are the equivalent of, um, a, uh, a laser pointer and a kitty cat. Uh, we're seeing the dot. Mm -hmm from that's being that's being shown from another dimension right because yeah. things you've seen you've seen um videos of things just disappearing really quickly and they fly like instantly mm -hmm. you know like they're hanging around like mm -hmm. these orbs or lights and all of a sudden they're gone or they'll yeah. cluster together and i'm like are we yeah. seeing a reflection it, of something yeah is it somebody in the future who's figured out how to send messages back to the past and this is what we're seeing that's how they come through well, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah, but, but that's sure. that's that's inter, I, that's interdimensional. So, um, I mean, it's just a different way of looking at it, but it's essentially the same kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's what do we know? Well, we know what we know, people. right? We 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 know what we know, but we certainly don't know what we don't know. Yeah, and I'm not thinking about people. I'm not. Oh, thinking right. About no, people. I understand like, that. Human beings. I understand that. I understand that. I just threw that in as a possibility because you know. Stuff we know how to do now doesn't mean that that's all we're going to know how to do later. It's true. You know? It's true. So. So, kind of yeah. freaky deaky. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder, you know, you think about, so, and this is more philosophical and theological, you know, we are in this, in this, uh, in this dimension and, um, you know, we, we can't escape it. And the only way you escape it is through death, right? That we are bound to this dimension. But then what comes next? And, yeah. you know, and the people and the creatures or whatever they are that are on the other side of this dimension, 
that is not bound by space and time, you know, what, what do they experience and can they see us? And, you know, I, do they mess with us? They probably do. And yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know, you know, is it, is it, is it friendly? Is it, is it, hostile is it benign and neither you know it's like the whole idea of like reaching out into space to try to find other other you know life forms and stuff and there's been some pretty smart people who have said we really shouldn't be doing that we shouldn't be sending messages out into space because the odds of whomever would get that or whatever would get that that message uh being you know friendly and cuddly are about equal to the odds of whoever would get that message saying hey there's lunch you know, I mean, it's yeah, it, it really you know, you just don't know the intent of the recipient in any way, shape or form. And if they have more advanced technology than us and they can actually travel here, that could be a bad thing. You know. What if they are now now this is delving into really weird conspiracy theories. There are people on YouTube who really believe that we are governed by shape-shifting reptilians yeah and uh you know wouldn't it be wouldn't it be wild if it turned out they were true that was oh, that true. would be hilarious yeah <laughs> it's like guess what they were right the whole time they were right the, all uh, along <laughs> what was it there was an old saturday morning show um um uh with the slee stack the the, the reptilian oh, land people of the lost. land of the lost that's right we're going to find out that that the land of the lost was actually had it right the entire time <laughs> the superior so. intelligence of the universe is a shape-shifting lizard. <laughs> yeah. with, a, with, a, with a face that is, has no expression on it because it looks kind of like a mask. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. well, you know, the, the crazy people like David Icke, that, they're, uh, that they were right all along. Yeah. God. So, you know... Um, uh, I don't know if you'd heard about this, but Palm Springs is uh, some people are a little up in up in arms about the 26 foot tall Forever Maryland statue that's coming back to the city. Apparently it was in the city between 2012 and 2014. And uh, and it's kind of a tour, nice tourist attraction. I mean, it's it's 26 foot tall and it's her kind of clutching down her dress from when uh, that that famous scene when she stood over top the uh, the New York City air vent. Yes. And. uh yeah, apparently people are upset because, uh, you know, if you're underneath the statue, you can see the dress blow up and you can see her undies. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you think oh there was God. under that? She was wearing undies. She wasn't going to let her dress oh, blow my. up without having something underneath it. I mean, these days somebody know. would probably it do it. But yeah, that's true. That's well, true. and she was a drug addict. So, yeah. well, you know, and she never was. Know. She was a uh, worked very hard to market herself. She and her publicist did a great job at making sure that she was well marketed, and uh, and so you know I think that if she thought that that would have um, worked in, to her favor, she probably wouldn't have hesitated. Um, but anyhow, you know that whole thing was a setup, by the way, too. They weren't they weren't even actually filming what she was doing that night. They they basically set her up to do that scene um, intentionally for a photo shoot. Well. Yeah, but, it was uh, it was publicity. It worked. Right. Yep, it worked, and it's it's an absolutely iconic image. And somebody made a twenty six foot tall statue of it, and it's been in um, I think uh, uh, Chicago for a while. Uh, yeah, Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Um, but anyway, it's coming back to Palm Springs. So those of you who want to go stare at a giant Marilyn and 
possibly peek at her undies, you can do that. It's not actually yes. her or her undies, but you know. Yes. Whatever, whatever yes. Gets, to see whatever a, big, gets a giant going. tacky piece of Americana. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, they have a giant statue of that famous photo of the uh, sailor kissing the woman in uh, New York in San Diego, too, right by the port yes. where you can go up and see, uh, you know, a um, aircraft carrier and uh, and see a little bit of, of Americana there, too, with that statue. Um, so that actually makes sense because mm-hmm. San Diego is a, has a giant naval port. Right. You yeah, know? even I mean, though it was a it New is, York scene, it's a very big Navy city. It's, it is. And so that, that makes sense. The Palm mm-hmm. Springs in Maryland, I, 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 I don't know. That's, that's a stretch to me. Yeah. Well, what are you going to put it? You're going to put it in Hollywood somewhere? I guess that would make more well, sense. Ha- I guess. I mean, yeah, better than Sh- Michigan York, Avenue in happen. Chicago, right? I mean, Wyatt's been sitting there for the last few years. I'm like, I don't know. What's, I, did she have connections to Chicago? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe the artist did. Oh, did you hear that? I did. <laughs> I heard oh, that. Girl. That was a, I want some attention now, Mama, from the kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Marilyn was born in Los Angeles and died in Los Angeles. She was not from Chicago. Hmm. June 1st, 1926. June 1st. Yeah. Wow. So, um... Oops, I lost my uh, my my train of thought derailed there for a second. That's okay. Well, we're almost out of time. We are. We're wrapping it up here pretty quick. Um, what was I going to look at? Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I thought the hypersonic weapon was interesting, though. You know, I think sometimes, too, there are things where the military, they actually know, but they're going to tell you they don't know what it is just because... Um, they're testing things that they don't want to share. They don't want to share with the world because the last thing you want to do is tell, you know, your uh, possible combatants, you know, about your new new toys. Well, absolutely. And so absolutely. they just go, yeah, yeah, we don't know because it's easier to say we don't know than to explain that it's, you know, th- I know they did that. We, there were um, sightings of the uh, stealth fighter when it was being developed. And, you know, this black thing that, that you know, flies quietly and, and – you know, nobody at the local um, radar tower for the public air, you know, um, non-military uh, airports could see it. And and uh, and there was lots of rumors around that. And they've come out and said, well, that's what we were doing. We we're testing. then." you know, it's like, yeah, but we're not going to tell you that then, you know. So. So anyhow, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Total total um, openness and awareness is not always the best best way to go even in a democracy we don't need to know every single thing that's going on um somewhere along the line we have to trust that the people that are developing these things are are making good decisions so um you know and there's supposed to be oversight there's civilian oversight through congress right so there are right. con- congressmen and senators that are are uh congresspersons and senators that are um uh read in on all of this you know, black ops stuff so they know about it and they can keep an eye on what's going on. And that's part of why we elect people. So keep that in mind the next time you vote. Who do you would you want this person <laughs> being the right. one who knows what's going on? Because um, that's a good question to ask, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, don't just vote for them because they uh, they say nice things. Look at them and their character and say, is this the person I want? 
exactly. making these decisions because it exactly. is a, a somber choice when you go to the voting uh, polling places. So um, with that, I think we are out of time. So thank you very much for joining us today. This has been Back from the Brink. We are here weekdays, uh, and uh, we appreciate your listening. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.